Hey there! Welcome to the Many Brains One Heart Podcast. If you're looking for some feel-good stories from people who are changing the world, you've come to the right place. We've got a collection of interviews with some amazing individuals who aren't afraid to share their ups and downs on their journey towards making a difference. Sure, it takes a lot more than one brain to make things happen, but when you've got a group of passionate people working together, there's no limit to what can be accomplished. So grab a seat, sit back, and let's get to the heart of the matter. Hi, welcome to episode number three. My guest today is Rodney Goodchild. And uh, what was that for? That was just me confirming that that's correct. <laughs> okay. That is who I am. My guest today is Rodney Goodchild. He is the manager of the Vernon Community Arts Center. It's great to have you here. It's great to be on this podcast. We've talked about podcasts a lot over the we over have. the years. Yeah, we, yeah. we flirted with the idea. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here we are. We're on one finally. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's start with talking about your role at Vernon Community Arts Centre and what that art centre is. So some people will be listening that know what that is, but there'll probably be lots of people that have no idea. You know, it's true. It's a, it's a bit of a community jam that seems to be hidden in the open, if that makes sense. So we're under the umbrella of the Arts Council of the North Okanagan. The Arts Council of the North Okanagan has two remits. One, promote arts and culture within our community, working with our stakeholders, with our community groups, um, and with sort of sort of the city of Vernon, tourism, RDNO, you know, all of those people, just to to build on what we already have. And the other remit is then we have to execute a community arts centre, which is me, the bricks and mortar, the building that we have in Polson Park. Everyone describes it as the one right behind the science center, which I want to <laughs> replace by people going, is that right beside the community arts center when they talk about the science center? But yeah. you know, we're not there just yet. So yeah, it's we've been we've been going for for I think thirty years. We've been in that building for twenty. Really? I'd say even longer. Where was it before that? The Boys and Girls Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. That. Yeah, it was before my time here. Yeah. Yeah. And you find this out, like in my role, I'm just, I'm just a custodian right now. Yeah. Like, and you meet people over time that have played their part mm-hmm. in the growth mm-hmm. of it, whether it be the Arts Council or the Community Arts Center. And that is sort of something that we are going through that transition right now. We are identifying the two different arms of the organization. We have the Arts Council mm-hmm. and we have a manager for that. And their role is to, is to work with the community. And then you have the art center, which is myself. Mm-hmm. Different branding, different website, different look, physical location. We're, we're, we share the same building, but we are two, we offer two distinctly different things. And you, the art center, offers a lot of things. Not, you know, it's, that's, that facility is pretty amazing the stuff you've got in there. And what we can offer is, is huge, cow. all under one roof. I've yet to come across a place that can offer what we can offer within the province of BC. So we are able to offer, um, it's arts education is what right. we do. Right. At, for all levels and for all ages. So we're offering uh, courses in clay, glass, fiber, drawing, painting, printmaking jewelry 
and I'm forgetting pottery. That pottery, that's, that would be the clay. Oh, clay, right. Of course, that's right. number one. That's, that's the right. biggest we got. Right. People love it. Yeah, I mean, I've done a class there. I mean, until you actually experience it, you don't really know what's at, what it's what's available there. It's 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 phenomenal, and the talent that you have not only for well the desire because your courses fill up too, right? Which is really cool. But also you have the talent in Vernon to teach these courses, and that's what makes the place come alive yeah. is the staff and the instructors. You know, so we have staff who are administrational staff that that help run the center, mm -hmm. and then you'll have instructors who come in specifically for the instruction of a class, and then you'll have a combination of staff and instructors, and we have many of those. Yeah. So it really just shows just the passion that, that they have for, yeah. for, for the place. And I like how it's set up as far as, you know, you become a member, right? So you take a course, you don't have to become a member, but you can become a member. But what I liked about it was that taking the, I think we did printmaking, my son and I, once you're a member, you can come back, and now that you've taken a course, we we were able to go back and do our own printmaking on T-shirts and stuff like that. But that's a really cool opportunity to be able to continue because quite often you do a course, and it was fun, and then it stops there because you don't have the tools, you don't have the materials, you don't have the resources to do that at home. But now people can do that. They come back to the Art Centre and dive back in again and do their own thing, which is really cool. I think you've done a better job describing this place than I am. <laughs> you uh, well, I roles, used it. Switch roles for busman's holiday, but you've nailed it. Really, the membership comes with a benefit. Mm -hmm. Become a member. We're a member-led organization, and we have seven hundred and fifty members. Wow. You know, and they give it access. Becoming a member allows you to get a reduced price on the cost of classes, but it also gives you access to the studio use. Right. So programming is obviously very important to us, and we have a number of structured programming hours throughout the week, mm -hmm. but we have set times and hours and days where people can come in and use the specialized studios with the specialized equipment to work on their own projects. And you see the advancement. You see someone that will start as a beginner clay class. They'll mm -hmm. take a beginner wheel class. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of weeks, once they get an orientation of this of the studio, they get an education on what has to happen for a community center to operate and sort of the guidelines and, and principles that we have, they can come back in and start working on their own projects. And you see that advancement because after a couple of weeks, a couple of months, they go, you know, I'm going to take now the intermediate class or the B level class. And they work their way up, and you see, you know, you you see the achievement. Yeah. Well, someone comes in and can't do anything to producing some beautiful, and there's some beautiful pieces of work that we, that, that come out of that center. It's pretty special. Which we all get to see uh, in the in the major fundraisers you do, absolutely right, because a lot of people participate in that at some point, right? They would do, yeah. Absolutely has. Is our, it's our major fundraiser. It's been going for, I think this is the 17th year or the 19th year. I can't remember mm -hmm. off the top of my head, but it's a long time. Started by Patricia Doyle, and I'm, I'm sure she wasn't alone in that. And Patricia Doyle is, is a staff member, longtime staff member, longtime instructor with us. Just has so much passion and love for it still to this day that oozes out. We get so many compliments about her. I'm sure her and a team founded this idea of, a, of an art sphere, an mm -hmm. art 
market. You know, market, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it's moved around a little bit over at the start or location before it became the home of the art center. And it just it's grown in popularity. And you know, it, it was pretty big before COVID hit. And then mm-hmm. when COVID hit, it rocketed to yeah, a whole new level. Ever, eh? For sure. Exploded. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just the whole emphasis on supporting local, shopping local. People realized that this was here. And it's like anything, it's getting a message out. Mm-hmm. The key thing that I haven't mentioned here, we're a nonprofit organization. So, like, you know, we don't have resources we can just throw around, particularly for marketing or investment in promotion. Or So, we rely a lot on our members and our yeah. membership and communicating with them and for them to, to get that word out and help us share that message. Yeah. You brought up a good point. Let's talk about nonprofit and some of the challenges of running a nonprofit, particularly in the arts and uh, in the arts industry. What kind of challenges did you run into once you when you took this position? Because you've been in there two years now, right? Two years. Two years. Two yeah. years. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not counting. Yeah. We're not counting. <laughs> I want to make it clear on the grounds that there's there's some nonprofits out there that rely solely on grant funding, operational funding, right. applying for it. And no matter how much money that they get, the demand for their services will outstrip what they can do. Right. You know, and I want to make it very clear that there's those people really are up against it. I have a tangible. Right. I have something people want. Right. And it's not me, obviously. It's, it's the center. The center can generate a good proportion of its own revenue. Mm-hmm. So we're very lucky that way. So it yeah. does, although grant funding and operational funding is vital and we need it, you know, we also can work in terms of building up our own revenue sources, right? whether that's through programming and the diversity of programming and ensuring we get, you know, we're constantly changing it up in terms of what we offer, in terms of finding, and the key thing is finding good quality instructors to come in and educate. We also have an art shop where that's, it's juried in. So this is people that, that either make work at the art center mm-hmm. or they make it at home. They apply to sell work. So these are local artists whether they're doing it on a part-time or a full-time base, sell their work within mm-hmm. our center, we get a commission for that. Mm-hmm. We have art supplies. We obviously sell paintbrushes and paint and clay and clay tools and glass and glass tools. We also rent, because um, our building is huge. It's an old school building, the old Fulton School. Yeah, the high school, right? Yeah, yeah, the old shop. So we've got these huge studios that local member groups rent out, Yeah, you know, and they hold their meetings, you know, like uh, we have... There's the Carve, Okanagan Carvers. There's the Rock and Lapidary Club. There's Photography Club. There's the Okanagan Artists of Canada, the Federation of Canadian Artists of the North Okanagan. I'm scared to miss one now. <laughs> um, the Gardening Club. Uh, I think that's them all. I'm sure there's another one. But, you know, and they're all members of ACNO. Right. They're member groups of ACNO. And being a member of ACNO for a community group, they get the opportunity to rent hmm. space within, within. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a ton going on in there. It's and then we also have our center gallery. And each month, our marketing coordinator, Sherry Kunsley, does a great job in, in creating and coming up with ideas each month where the show will change. Hmm. So right now or tomorrow, when does this go out? 
<laughs> who Later. knows? Who knows? Well, I'm going to say May 2023. We're having what we call the mugs of May. Oh, yes. So these are just mugs, hundreds of mugs that are got from all different artists that are going to be sold. And it's a bit of a fundraiser for us as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the mugs, people like mugs. It's yeah. a great gift. It's a tangible, you can use it. People understand it. We just finished for April. Um, the show was Raining Cats and Dogs, which was all our members, not all of them, but many of our members come and submitted um, artwork of you know their in that pets. theme and that theme that's cool and the theme is very broad it's your own interpretation sure um, and we've got many it changes each month the mugs event is that annual it has been the last yeah. I think it's, this is the third year yeah and it's successful yeah yeah we sort of really build on it yeah yeah it's cool because really you've got I mean yes you're nonprofit but you were also yeah you're a, you're a business you're and you're always looking for new ways to increase that and you know so you're you're always you're juggling that too nonprofit running a business creating revenue yeah and i, I think there is a balance yeah you know it, it's we're, we're not necessarily profit driven right for sure we're we're member driven we're opportunity driven we're right. we're space driven we're creativity driven you know um, but my view would be that we also have to be responsible as well mm-hmm. you know so it's a balance mm-hmm what do you find the most challenging aspect of all that? I don't know if it's challenging. You know, I'm sure there are. There's the daily challenges, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's lots to it. You know, we have many members, you know, and it's very, very difficult to, to when you have so many members, so many users using particular studios, you know, you can't, you have to be restrictive sometimes and, right. and well, and the do's and the don'ts. And that becomes very black and white at times, and, you know, loses its personal touch. Yeah. But you know you try and balance that, but you have to sort of think of the greater picture, and the challenges would be just making. I think the biggest challenge that faces the Vernon Community Arts Centre is maybe awareness, showcasing what we have within right. our building. It really is not just to to the residents of, of Vernon, but also to the decision makers and to the you know to the people that that run our, our city and our and our regional district and. They know and they support us well, yeah. but it's just educating. Yeah. Like, what does, what do we offer our community? You know, and that's a lot of members, and they're not just from Vernon. It's in North Okanagan. We get some far away from Kelowna and Lake Country. Oh wow! Maybe yeah. a few more from, you know, a little further afield, Salmon Arm, but predominantly, it's going to come from the North Okanagan. Right. So two years you've been there, and then you took on a really big. You took on a big project when you uh, took that position. You took on a rebrand, and you took on a um, uh, new website. Yeah, we sort those of, were big. Those were uh, we changed. We've changed a lot in the last couple of years, and you know, careful with my wording when I say COVID was horrendous for many, many people. Sure, and you know, it it, it, it was. It, but the reads, but it had a real positive impact on the Vernon Community Arts Centre. And by what I mean by that is, it sort of pushed us into making changes that we hadn't done previously. Pushed us into doing things that will benefit the centre moving forward. And whether that's going online, putting on an e-commerce system, or changing our systems and procedures, moving to a booking system to how we how we accept members into our system. 
And, you know, there was some funding available for us to ensure arts and culture groups continued and, and, and maintained. So we, we took those resources and we really did improve how we operate. And the key thing we did was we gave, we gave ownership back to our members. Previously, we were pretty, we were analog, we were papers and pens, we were Excel spreadsheets and telephones. So if like, <laughs> you wanted to book something or you wanted to go, you had to contact us, whether you'd physically come in or call us. Right. You know, people are canceling. And it was a lot of administration where we've gone online. It's not rocket science, but we had the resources to do it. And now the members can now book online. They can decide when they want to go to a when when they want to go to a class or when they want to use a drop-in studio. They can cancel it. They can renew their membership right. all themselves, all online. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And that just uh, you know, and do you think as a, do you think that because of COVID, do you think because people were forced to stay home, forced to stay in their communities? that they went looking in their own communities for things to do and other things to tap into. Do you think that's what changed how how people saw the art center or how maybe they that's how they discovered the art center if they didn't know it was there before? But do you think that was what maybe brought people down there? I mean, I kind of think that way about a lot of things during COVID. It's like, I think we all discovered trails and parks and campgrounds that we never knew existed because we had to stay home and no one was going anywhere and it made us explore you know our own environments more so do you think that had a, an impact on that and it must it right. must have had an impact mm. and a positive impact in that but i think there's also something underlying there on the grounds that you know i don't think i could give you dates but there's this underlying need to create and to produce mm -hmm. and to explore your own creativity. And even though, and I'm not, I don't come from an arts background. I'm not what I would deem as artistic, but there's creativity within me. For sure. And I recognize that. Yeah. And when people go, oh, I could never do that. You could. It might not be as good as other people, but right. you can explore and you can find something. So I think there has been this culture where we're going back to those bases, where we're making ourselves, we're renewing ourselves, right. we're repairing, we're we're no longer buying something when we know we can make it. Right. And I think this is all part of it. Yeah. These are the silver linings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this that's underlying, particularly in our culture, where we we want to create, we want to produce, we want to mm -hmm. renew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And the art center gives people a place to connect. Right. All of those. And that's a big hub. It's, right. It is a hub. People find their people within the art center. Right. So a lot of people come together. And we have groups that will come. We'll have open clay classes or open paint classes where just a group of individuals will come together and work on their own projects, but they're doing it in a community setting. Yeah. They're not alone. That's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And yeah. My knowledge of, of art, it can be a lonely process. You know? Yeah, I guess because you're you stay at home, you paint at home if that's what you're doing, paint and yeah. and how often do you get together and you know communal paint? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, you have this. Yeah, you have the facilities to do, the facility that. To do come that. Down, set up, paint. Yeah. Can they drink wine while they paint? Um, no, we do have <laughs> classes. Uh, we do have um, we have a number of classes. So you know, the style of, of teaching. So we'll have we'll have like a clay class that you could learn how to 
throw a pot on a wheel right. that's over six or eight weeks. So it's once a week, a couple hours a week for mm. eight weeks. And then we'll also have like a Friday night clay and Cabernet evening. And that's you come down, a couple of friends, by yourself. You know, you book a spot and you make, by the end of the evening, three hours, you make, you know, you make an item, tangible item that you can use at home and you get a glass of wine. Nice. So yeah, and we've got a pa nice. paint and sip, and we've got a, I think a glass and Gewurztraminer. You know, so <laughs> we're, we're, that's we're good. Print, print and Pinot, maybe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they're and they're popular evenings. Yeah. You know, coming down to group. Yeah. Couple friends, date nights. Yeah, that's it's nice. great idea. Yeah, really cool. Awesome. And everything now is on the website, so everything goes there. You go find out, find the program, find the course, find the workshop, sign up. Vernonarts.ca. We we offer a lot, That's you know, amazing. and I, you know we probably and I know I've missed out key things like another big program that we have. It's joining hands. Joining hands after offers arts education for adults living with different abilities, and it's a program that runs twice a week, all day, no cost. It's funded part funded by BC Gaming, and it's a really enjoyable program. We have one instructor that coordinates it and instructs it. And it's a, it's a popular program that comes through. And That's the indi awesome. Individuals yeah. that attend it, love it. Yeah, I bet. They're the highlight of the center when they come and yeah. they go. Um, and they bring a, bring a lot of joy, you know, to the center and to the staff and to the members and the users. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like that one too. Um, what about kids? Do, is it a kids? Does there kids programs as well? Or? Lots of kids programs. And we like are like summer camps and stuff like summer that. Summer camps yeah. and you know we do we do kids programs all year round. And mm -hmm. when I attend like a, like an expo, a community expo, where we go and we showcase a, the chamber or, or those style of events, I'm always reluctant to to bring our kids information because sort of people do seem to know us for youth. And we're much bigger than that. Right. But youth is a key part. I was going to ask you about youth, actually. Youth, is, youth yeah. is a key part. And we do really well in offering programs and encouraging children and, and youth to come in from the ages of maybe 5 to 14. And then the sort of 15 up, 15 to 18, 15 to 20. Actually, it's even more than that. It's 15 to probably 35. Mm -hmm. We don't do well with. Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of that stage in life where art's not always a priority um, for sort of the, the, the older teens. Mm -hmm. And if it is, the community art center is not the place for them or we haven't been able to create it so they're, the, that it is their spot. Right. And then, you know, you get into early 20s or sort of early 30s, you're settling down, you're, you know, you're building a life, you're right. you know, creating families. So, you know, your artistic endeavors Mm -hmm. Get set in the back seat, right. you know, and you're focused on the kids. So you get the kids involved in stuff, and yeah, yep. and we get lots of people come back. Well, when I was in school or when I was younger, I did this a lot. Yeah, and now they come back to it. And then the empty nesters, of course, have yeah. more free time yeah. and uh, more cash in their pockets. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, we we try and put on you know programs that suit that. Because you hear quite often that, you know, and I had teenagers, have teenagers, there's always talk about, well, there's not enough for youth to do around here. You know, I don't know, I don't know what it is that they need, particularly. I mean, they need a place to hang with other people, but right, they find all that online now. So it's hard to compete with that when they find their communities, you know, through 
through their computers, you know. And we could probably be doing more in terms of digital art. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. More another, you know, for Joe there, but then <laughs> especially. Something that's tech but also creative and artistic, you and know? We like... have we have the space. Yeah. And actually we even have equipment. Oh really? Just lacking instructors. Huh. Actually, there's a there's a penny drop. So we did have an instructor, not in my time, but I was told a couple of years ago she worked for Sproing. Oh. Yeah. And then she left Sproing to start her own business. Amanda. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. But she was an instructor. She Amanda. Digital yeah. arts. Yeah. She's digital. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because she, yeah, she came from, she has an arts degree from Ontario in okay. Ottawa, I believe. Yeah, Amanda. So you, she used to be a graphic designer. Yes. That all makes that's sense right. now. No, very well. Now she owns Calico. Okay, yeah. Clothing. That's, that's what she yeah. started up. Yeah. So obviously her, she's got her own, she's got enough <laughs> on her plate rather than coming and Yeah, she's got, yeah. Seat. And she owns Antlers. She's got two businesses. She oh, okay. two oh, clothing the, stores. The gents place? Yeah. Yeah, that's hers too. Yeah, the calico right beside uh, Roxy, and then the antler down the beside where Brenda, um, the photographer, photographer place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all of us, all of us. Yeah, that's right. Small yeah, maybe there needs to be a filmmaking program in uh, at the Arts Center yeah. one of these days. We're keen to expand our programming. Yeah, expand what we offer. Yeah, that's cool. So you're obviously not from Vernon. You know, how do you know? How do you know? I've been in Vernon. I don't want to stereotype. I've been in Vernon for... Who is from Vernon? Who? I'm not, even, I'm not even from Vernon. from Vernon. But how can you tell? Um, You know, someone, <laughs> someone will say, oh, yeah, I'm born in Vernon. You were born in Vernon? Really? Wow. <laughs> You're a rarity. It's a, it's a rarity. It is. I've only met a handful. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfair because a lot of my family are born in Vernon. Well, my is, kids are born in Vernon. Yeah. No, they weren't. They were born in Calgary. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're so long. I feel like they were born in Vernon. Yeah. Uh, but when did you? You moved here a year before me, I think, right? 2006, I arrived. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a year after me, right? 17 years. 17 years, one day. <laughs> Based on today, if we're gonna go back to the day we're filming, recording, filming and recording, filming and recording. Yeah, actually, you. I think you were. Well, we've talked about this before. You're one of the first people I met because we lived a uh, block from. You were living at the uh, at the hostel. Yeah, the old hostel, Papa yeah. Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah, the hostel yeah. at the time. Just to clarify no, for the listeners, <laughs> <laughs> converted it. It was to rental accommodation. Yes, an apartment. Yes. Um, uh, but that was a fantastic house. Yeah, Huge that was community. cool. Actually, that really, uh, reflection here, did that really get me involved in the community aspect? Because before that, maybe I was just sort of a bit wanderless. If that makes yeah. sense. I'd moved around a lot, uh -huh. you know, a bit isolated, a bit immune to what, how, how, how community works or how society works. Right. You know, head in the sand, just yeah. worrying about myself. Yeah. Realized Lone Wolf. Yeah, to yeah. a point. Yeah. Which brought me to Canada in the first place. You know, sort of, I, I needed a change. Why here, though? I had family in Vernon. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I had come, <clears throat> mm -hmm. I had come for a fantastic holiday um, when I was like 23. And then I came again in the summer for my cousin's wedding. I was just fabulous. And then I can remember coming again pretty close after that over Christmas and New Year. So I got the experience of two extremes yeah. of what the Valley offered. And 
I think the cousin said you should come. And I said sure. It's come and she, they were they were fantastic. They integrated me, you know. So here I am, seventeen years and one day later. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and uh, so I living at the at the house there. There was lots of opportunity to meet people because that was quite a hub of people in that. Yeah, it was a high. And a lot yeah. of them are still are still here and doing stuff in town here. Yeah. But yeah. um, there was uh, they used to have a, a get together in that house. Although you're gonna say the red lips. The red lips party. The, the red yeah. lips party. Yeah. Uh, so. I met you met a lot of people here in that through those events. Those were great. That was they the house fun. itself was a fabulous oh, old like, such a great you know, space. beautiful yeah house hundred plus year old house yeah. heritage house yeah yeah that was fun and um, I met you yeah I met you there um, yeah I think I met you there at one of the dinner parties or something like that but uh, and then you went uh, you were doing all kinds of other things prior to the art center well you were uh, you were a purveyor of well really um people probably know me most for Okanagan Spirits. Right. So I was with Okanagan Spirits for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, really, I came in at the right time. They mm-hmm. were just starting out. I was here. They needed a sales guy. They needed a marketing guy. And I said, I'm not too sure I'm a sales and marketing guy. <laughs> so good, because I don't have the money for a sales and marketing guy. You'll be great. <laughs> um, you're perfect. You'll yeah. be perfect. And yeah, so that business. You're part. exotic. Exotic. You're- <laughs> yeah, actually, for some, yeah. So yeah, so ten years with then you know that business changed a lot over those years. Yeah, it was a lot of you know, and it's it's a it's a liquor industry, so it's exciting. I was the right age for it too, the right energy for it. It was really good, nice to see it grow, and it's still growing, still yeah. becoming an awesome success. And that was a great way to connect with people in the community too, because you know they were at lots of, you know, whether it was a business after five or fundraisers or anything like that. You were there. We would do know, a lot. Yeah, we would do a lot of those events to showcase our, our organization, great what we offered, to... and then also we did a lot of events, in-house cocktail events, which yeah. were a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they were awesome. Like, they were like, awesome. They yeah. were. <laughs> and then also, do you remember the night that we won the chamber award? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we won a chamber award. It's eleven o'clock. Well, I know somewhere we can go. <laughs> yes. Don't be telling anyone. They should probably. It's it was. <laughs> it was an after door. party. It was an after party at the <laughs> distillery. Oh yeah, I do remember. That was a fun night. Yeah, there was a few people there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're all gonna go home. Well, looking on no. spirits. I have to take my award home. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Good was times. fun. Uh, and then you did something, you did a couple of the other things after that, right? Myself and Gabrielle, my partner, Gabrielle Strong, she's an artist. You know. mm-hmm. An amazing artist, oh, as a matter of fact. I don't, I don't, you know, she's I, very talented. I have one. Oh, nice. I have a Strong. You have a Strong? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, myself and Gabrielle, we founded a company called Grow Organics, and we, we ended up um, acquiring the Weeds and Seeds brand. Yeah. Um, and we had that sort of from like 2017, 2018. So it's no longer with us. It's not something we have anymore, but it was good for a couple of years. And then I was working with the Sport and Culture Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sport and Culture Society is, was an organization set up to work with sports organizations mm-hmm. to bring, you know, to bring tournaments, to bring people into our community. You know, there's lots of people that would like to do something. They just don't know how. How, yeah. how do we do it? Like, what are what are the things we should be aware of? You know, where do we get volunteers from? Where do we, you know, get hotel nights? How do we put on an event? Yeah. And 
And you were there for the the kickoff of that. I was, you, yeah. You birthed that baby. And COVID started, and there's no events. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Actually, I was chatting to one of the directors not that long ago about this, and in a sense, it actually, helped, again, COVID helping out, because what allowed us to do was build an infrastructure. It allowed yeah. us to build some resources so we could go to, you know, community groups to say, like, here's mm-hmm. here's a here's an event toolkit. Right. Here's all the things you need to know. Yeah. You know, and that took some time. Yeah. So, you know, and I believe those are those toolkits are starting to be used now yeah. by groups. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, Josh is rolling those out. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And then you did you did a little bit of, uh, and I only know this because I know you quite well, is I uh, got into the puppy business there for a while. <laughs> We did not get into the puppy business. <laughs> <laughs> we did not get into the puppy business. Did we have puppies? Yes, but we're not in the business. Did you sell puppies? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only because. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> So yes, we had a litter of pups during COVID. <laughs> they were so cute. Uh, we had five puppies, and Poppy, my my girl, she had five beautiful pups, and we found five homes for them. And there was talk like, so we have right now we have three dogs mm-hmm. because we're a collector. That's what we do: collect them, collect them. I don't know what's next. Maybe Make them and collect them. <laughs> um, we have. Otis, who's our, he is our O of Grow, Gabriel Rodney Otis. Um, Otis, he's he's an older pup. He is 14 now. Mm-hmm. And Poppy is now five. But even if you go back a couple of years, you know, the gap between them, mm-hmm. they just, there was no engagement. Otis had no time no. for, you know, a young, sprightly that kind puppy of energy. dog. Yeah. yeah. So, so we discussed, you know, should we get Poppy a little friend? And we sort of thought, well, it'd be nice if, you know, we had a litter, maybe we could keep one. And so we had the litter and we found a beautiful stud up in Lake Country. We weren't looking, it just sort of came to us. We had the five pups and the hardest thing about the pups was actually finding homes. Although yeah. it was very easy during COVID, it's just... Well, you get them. You guys got emotionally connected. I mean, that's a that's a it's a big job. It's you're you want them to go to a good home, and that is that is probably the hardest part. It's, it's this is why we're sort of saying we don't we're not in the puppy business <laughs> because there I was is an emotional connection not. to them. Yeah. So like you want them to go to the best place. And the first time we found just five awesome homes just through either word of mouth or yeah. just our own network, yeah. and we're still in touch with all of those pups today. You know. Four of the five. Yeah, one of them is a grand pup of my neighbor. Well, actually, that's because we did this twice. Freya. Remember? Yeah, I know, we but you did it twice. The, 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 twice. Not once, but twice. But you're not in the puppy business. We're not in the puppy business. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reinforce that. If Poppy was here right now, she would tell you. We're definitely not in the puppy business. I so have we, retired, yeah, Dad. We, so we had two litters. Uh, <laughs> one we then kept. We, so we kept Daisy. Uh, so another five pups. Um, one stayed in town. They're still close. One went to the island. Two went to the island actually, uh-huh. which was a fabulous trip. I yeah. got to take them. <laughs> just these two pups, just in the back right of the car. Right off on yeah. the trip. <laughs> yeah, we're here over the ferry. 
I'm showing him holding them out over the ferry. <laughs> See? That's yep. how you're going to live now. <laughs> so that's... I wanted to make it clear. We're not in the public business. <laughs> you're not. No. That was me. I, I, was, I said that. You did. I know. Um, <laughs> they... We love our pups. We love them all. What kind of pups? What kind of dog are they? They're poodles. They're Moyen poodles, so medium poodle. So amazing. Uh, so Poppy is about twenty-five pounds. Her daughter Daisy will probably get to around thirty pounds. Oh, she'll be bigger. Maybe oh, she's wow. getting just taller. Oh, wow. mm. Mm. Cool. But yeah, so Daisy's now ten months. Poppy's five. In May of 2023, for yeah. all reference, <laughs> no one listened to this in five years. He's got a puppy. <laughs> He's got three. He doesn't. <laughs> and Gabrielle is. Uh, she's about to do another art show, right? Because you. All right, Gabrielle has a. She uh, has acquired a new gallery. There's a new gallery opening in North Van. Nice. So her her work her her, her fine artwork is is very much landscape coastal. So it's geared to, to the coast. So I know she's got a successful gallery in Victoria and there's to be another one in North Van. So mm-hmm. I know she's doing a body of work right now. She likes the coast. She loves the coast. Yeah, she's from the coast and she reminds me all the time how lovely <laughs> it was back there. I said, sure, we'll just move back to Kitsilano. We'll buy a house. No yeah, we'll just, just easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Sell a few more paintings. <laughs> all good. I'm sure. Sell a few more dogs. <laughs> Okay, have to go into the hobby business. <laughs> Just to live in kids' yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so we didn't actually. We I I said you uh, you're obviously not from here, but I actually didn't. Uh, we actually didn't discuss where you are from. I'm from Northern Ireland. So I was born there. I lived there for twenty years, and then I moved to London for two years. And then I moved to a place called Stoke-on-Trent for four years. Hmm. Stoke-on-Trent's in England. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a million, million population, million, maybe a million and a half population. Only in England would you call something Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke on the Trent. The Trent is the river. River yes. Trent. Yes. Stoke. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. Why don't we use terms like that? Fernan on. Well, we say Toke on the lake, but not Stoke on the Trent. <laughs> Vernon on Cal, Cold, <laughs> Cold, Cold, Cold Stream on Cal, Cold Stream on Cal, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vernon on BX, <laughs> yeah, <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Vernon on Vernon Creek. <laughs> so, uh, and then some couple of your other hobbies. Uh, you love uh, hunting and fishing and all that. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's something that Vernon brought to me. Yeah. That's probably one of the reasons not hunting and fishing. So more the outdoors. Like I've never experienced anything like. Yeah. It. Just to like when you come from populated areas, you just accept that they're just populated and that's what it is. Yeah. But really, the outdoors is really what drives me. I, yeah. I love it to go up into the into the woods or you know just be so remote, 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 remote. That's probably an English phrase. <laughs> Not to share with a few people. My mum will listen to this and she'll go remote. Remote. Uh, I just love it. Yeah. I think that's what keeps most of us here. It's like it's like you get here, you come here for a particular reason. I'm, I came here for family too, uh, but it's like what keeps you here. It's like it's just where we are. It's like, you know, it's pretty special. It's all here. It is all here. Yeah, it's really nothing we else really enjoy. It. So whether it's that, you know, Gabrielle's not big into the hunting, the fishing, but like foraging, mushrooms in the fall. Yeah, so fabulous. Which we still want to do with you guys. Well, you know. 
We gotta wait till actually. When is that? We're, we're, October. I, yeah. Yeah. September October time. Yeah. Before the snow and the rains are in. Mm-hmm. So many awesome places. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do that. But uh, yeah, fishing the uh, that's you typically go to the coast for that. We do. I'm very lucky to have some some friends that come together each year and head out to the far side of the island. Mm-hmm. So we do come back with some beautiful, yeah, good sized fish. And really, we're here. But I mean, that's like that's a day to get to the coast where you can fish for salmon. Like, yeah, that's it really pretty is. awesome. Uh, yeah, just unheard of, really. Yeah, you know, I come from a world where you just went to the supermarket for your food. And yeah, it goes back to maybe what I was saying about how we're taking back ownership, mm-hmm. where we starting to make things ourselves, we're starting to grow things ourselves, mm-hmm. whether it be bread, whether it be vegetables in your garden, whether it be hunting, fishing, foraging, whether it be making your own clothes, whether it be making your own pots, whether yeah. it be making, you know, we're not no longer relied upon this commercial machine yeah it was a good lesson for people to to realize that things can run out supply chains yeah you know the shelves aren't may not always be full or have the things you just expect are there i mean we and we we you know we are we are privileged because we go yeah we grow apples and apples are delicious but i want an orange i want a kiwi Mm -hmm. i want a papaya Mm-hmm. You know, a mango, a pineapple, lemons, limes. We don't grow those here. No. Yet we expect to see them on the shelves when we walk in through the door. I want one. Mm-hmm. We have to appreciate what we do grow. Um, mm-hmm. We can't sustain. But anyway, that's my views on that. <laughs> <laughs> Big, strong. Big, strong views. <laughs> I got a, I might be my platform. <laughs> big, strong views. <laughs> I got big, strong views on stuff. Yeah. And I know we, we both like beer, so that's something else that we, we do share. We share. Full disclosure, we would meet on the regular for a beer. Yeah. Full disclosure. I don't know if they need to know that. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know who's still this listening. Really bad. I don't know how They're many gone. minutes we're in. They've already shut it off. No one's <laughs> listening anymore. <laughs> okay, when so they found out I was a puppy breeder. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Donna Kennedy. <laughs> uh, any uh, hidden places or secrets or things that, about Vernon that you love the most that you want to share? Yeah, not necessarily Vernon, but outside like, like um, King Eddie. Just if you just go up a little bit further from everyone else, you know, and just rise above just it. Keep, just keep going. Just yeah. keep going. You come into just some beautiful areas that overlook, yeah. overlook Vernon. It's just fine. There's everything up there. Fishing, yeah. camping, hiking. It's all there. It's right? Just nature in its finest. Yeah. Is that where you tend to go to for uh, hunting? No, not necessarily. Just, we would probably go further afield, but I just, you know, I do like just, just going up there. Going up there. Take the dogs. I honestly haven't been. I've been up there for a couple of hikes with the dog, but I haven't done. I haven't gone a lot up there. There's a parachuting goes off a lot there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen. I've been up there to see somebody take off and do that. They can get all the way to London. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) It's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, be an awesome way to go, though, eh? (laughs) You know, I'm not great with heights. No, I don't. I don't think I'd do it either. Yeah, I think I'd be a little nervous. Yeah. Unless we did the tandem, but then I'd worry that we're both going to die. Not I just know, right? Well, doesn't someone have to drive? 
<laughs> so it couldn't be you and me. You'd have to be like, I'd like to go with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, not going, I'm not going two amateurs. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, this is fun. This it has good. been fun. Did we capture everything you, you wanted know, to talk I'd about? You know, I'd be just, actually, I could sense you were wrapping up there, and I'm just sort of thinking, oh, what did have you, I missed? Did what you have miss I missed anything? for the Arts Centre? How long have we been going, anyway? I don't even realize. Someone going to tell us? 30 minutes, maybe? 20 minutes? 25 minutes. Really? <laughs> oh, I know I can talk. Yeah. Verbal diarrhea. <laughs> Yeah, we could touch on art and culture as a whole around around Vernon, I suppose. Like, yeah. Because you're in the hub of it, right? Like we are you... in the hub of it, and I can talk. And I suppose in a sense, I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes for that because we do have, you know, that is the Arts Council role, and we have a manager there, Shauna Patnode. Right. That is her role, and that's what she's growing that and right. building that and getting integrated in, in that culture. So I can talk that it's, you know, on top level, just how vibrant it is and what we offer. Mm-hmm. And seeing things such as Culture Days last year, of which we were part of, ACNO hosted it. Vernon was the hub, and Vernon Community Arts Centre became part of, of those events. And this year, maybe you know a little bit more, but uh, there's going to be the Sundog Festival. Yeah. Which is going to be an exciting, <clears throat> this is 2023, for anyone listening, 2024. <laughs> um, it's going to be an exciting festival that we're going to build upon that. So, yeah, like, there's a lot that's going on. Yeah. It seems like there's... There's a there's a there's a growth in that industry, and I don't know if it's because we have. I mean, I I know based on studies, there's like 8,600 people who actually make a living off in the arts and culture industry and that live right here. I did see those stats coming out of the regional district, but I know ourselves. I know ourselves just the demand for programming and the number of users that are coming into user studios. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I can't obviously comment whether it's record high, but it's higher than it's been in the last couple of years. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Which is awesome. I don't know what you think is the biggest challenge for arts and culture here. I mean, besides funding, I mean, I guess there's never really enough funding for things like that. But is there other challenges that, that we're seeing? How political do you want to get? And that's unfair. You know, we do get great support, but we're a sports town. Sports is the driver. And I don't know, I think people understand sports. It's black and white. Mm -hmm. There's a winner and there's a loser. You know, it's it's very simple to understand what sports can do. They can visually see it. They can see how it brings in, you know, revenue and and hotel beds. You know, but with culture, it's not a black and white tangible. But the research says... It is. People will come and stay in our community much longer for, for arts and culture than mm-hmm. they will do for sports. Right. And the, the the breadth of their spend and their stay reaches many more areas of, of economy as well, right? There would be some opinions that would sort of say that the expand, spending or investment in arts culture is probably a frivolous mm-hmm. as opposed to necessary. Mm-hmm. But it is necessary. You get people in to talk with authority on this and they will emphasize just how important arts and culture is to their community. Mm -hmm. The vitality and the ensure just what it breeds from within. And, you know, the cultural center would probably be a prime example. You know, how many people have sort of said, oh, do we really need it? Is it worth all this money? Right. Yeah, it is. You know, it will bring, it will grow and it will, it will pay for itself. And the nice thing about the arts center is that it's reinforcing that by drawing people in, 
letting them find that creative side in themselves, experience things, try things, and then they go back out in the community and share what their experience was. So, you know, it's, 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 it's not the norm, but you'll have seen people that come in that are doing a job. I can think of one person at the top of my mind right now, worked, worked in a retail environment, managed a store, was very successful at it, mm-hmm. took, took a class, loved it, mm-hmm. took another class, loved it, perfected that skill. Perfect, and then went on and made a full-time business out of it. And really? Then, yeah. Wow. And that's one example, and I'm sure there's there's a lot. There's probably dozens. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just a freedom, I suppose. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm not quick to bash sports. I'm, I'm sports is big. Yeah, you're me. a sports guy I'm too. A sports guy, like I'm, I'm on teams and I love it, and it's, yeah. it's it's an outlet for me, and yeah. I enjoy it, and I look forward to it, and the camaraderie and what it brings. Well, that's me. Other people will get all of those things, all that release, all that. Yeah you know mental and it's not one it's not one or the other no it's we need both Mm -hmm. we need both but they need they need to be equally supported right they need to get equal airtime and equal funding yeah it's not one or the other because you're right sports does have a role a hundred percent it's important for kids you know it's important for grown-ups but so is art and culture I think that's great. I really and it's Gabrielle mentioned it, you know, when she was growing up. So Gabrielle grew up, went through high school, um, then left. She was she was born in Prince George. She doesn't mention that. <laughs> she doesn't mention keeps that a secret. <laughs> and then she came to Vancouver where she's lived all her life. <laughs> and, you know, she had a number of jobs, then she got working on cruise ships and she went around the world and she loved it and she came back and she was sort of like, What am I doing? And she was very creative growing up, mm-hmm. and she was one of the best in her art class and all that. But no one ever said to her, "There's a career in this for you. You know, follow it. Here's where you would go." Gabrielle was unaware of Emily Carr, Emily Carr Art right. um, University mm-hmm. um, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't find that out until much later in life. And then she essentially she took a class, she qualified, and then she was there for three, four years. So she went through that graduate program. And here she is now, like, you know, you know yeah. that's a full-time working artist. Yeah. And I, like, you know, we're quick to say it's tough. It's not. It's it's not all black and white, no. for sure. It's, it's, it's ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. But I see what it brings. See what we, we, we hear you, you, how many times you heard this term starving artist, right? But I mean, art can become a business. In its in, in its own right, you Correct. know, being an artist can become a, can become a business. Yeah, okay, it's not always easy for artists to run their own business, and I think that's where they tend to run into blocks and challenges in, in that process. But, you know, I, it's very doable, and it's it's viable. And being true to yourself, too, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, not, not changing things up, not sort of making something for the sake of making something, mm-hmm. you know, however, it's, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance, yeah. It really is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was good. Good, and you know, like I said, I'm, I have an appreciation for the arts. It's not my background. I've been very fortunate to be in the position I am in. Mm-hmm. I think I really, uh, I'm coming in from an administration point of view to help the center make. And we talked about some changes earlier. There's a number of changes happening in the center, and we are continually trying to improve our systems and our proce- procedures and raise our profile. You know, we're working on some new. 
just some new signage right now mm -hmm. just to draw people in like we are mm -hmm. just a big gray building but there's so much life that happens inside it so yeah how do we get that message across dare i even bring up behind the mask and the mural that you're hoping to put on the back of the uh of the building which would be so great i love that that one and what a great location for it facing this the skateboard park right yeah yeah that's it's it's it we have a we have a great wall that's very visual perfect from, from it's not really highway six it's sort of the corner the intersection of corner of highway six and, and yeah whatever that is yeah opposite a and w but very Skateboard park. Huge exposure there. Huge exposure. Yeah. Um, we were approached, obviously, um, by the art gallery at the very start to be one of 10 locations around town. We had no hesitation. Sort of said, yeah. Absolutely. We were disappointed. I'll speak, I'll speak for myself. I was disappointed whenever it, sort of the negative, the negativity came out mm -hmm. from it. You know, I get it. The, the images aren't for everyone, but it's a awesome story yeah you know obviously of course you were involved with just that documentary yeah, yeah. I, I watched it recently again yeah we, we and filmed just, that documentary yeah and it's i think it's a great part a great story to tell and we push these issues sort of stay in my lane here i don't want to get out too much but yeah. we have mental health is huge yeah and i can speak to it from the art center because i see people come in for their mental health and it it improves it. Oh, yes. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, a, a population with lived experiences here, mm -hmm. you know, and Polson Park is prominent for a lot of those individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, they come, they use the park, they go through the park. So I thought it was really important that we, we put a mural up there. Obviously it got shut down starting to go back up again there's a there is still a few hoops before any mural would come to would come to us mm -hmm. and we're looking at first of all what does that mural look like yeah could we get approval i think yeah. that would be the next step. i gotta go i think even at, at this stage i would have to get full board approval at this stage it's it's not it's no longer an operational decision because yeah. of how it's been blown up um but yeah. i believe we would support it i know i have a number of people on our board who, who are keen to sort of see mm -hmm. it not die, which is a shame, just so much work. Mm -hmm. So, and after that, we would go to the city. It'd but be so great to have it up. Just It'd be so great have to something. Have it up I know there's talk yeah. now that it's not just going to be, it would be an amalgamation of all the murals in some way. Yeah. So we're waiting to sort of see what the okay. designs are like that. It's another, it's another, you know, there's a bigger story on that around public art too, right? Which is what the pub behind the mask did. It kind of brought up two things, you know, our city's approach to public art, but also um, mental health. And it created those two discussions. It brought up two very important things is that we don't invest in public art and we should have an actual program around that. And it also brought up the story of mental health, which is what that then behind the mask was supposed to do was supposed to trigger that conversation, and I don't know, you know, um, you know. We I talked to Don about it. It's like it did. They did the job they meant to do was to make people talk about mental health, which we got national coverage. Yeah, <laughs> the project got national coverage, and it did stimulate a lot of discussion around mm -hmm. mental health. So I, on one hand, it did do one side of its job, but we didn't actually get to put the murals up. 
in our city. So hopefully, I mean, it's hugely disappointing for those individuals that were involved. Oh yeah, they were uh, devastated. And, and the artists, and also the art gallery, and all those stakeholders mm-hmm. that were involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. particularly, you know, particularly the the ten individuals and their, yeah. their families and you know their partners. Yeah. It was, uh, we were filming it. We were in the middle of filming. I mean, our purpose was to film it as a, just as a project, as an art project, to show what the gallery had done and what this project looked like. And so, but of course, in the middle of it, or we ended up in the middle of this controversy. So the ending changed because it was supposed to be about putting the murals up mm-hmm. and showing how they actually came to be and where they ended up uh, being displayed. So halfway through, we ended up having to shift gears and now we became now we were interviewing the participants and getting their feedback on on how this was affecting them and so yeah there was some negative definitely negative impact on those individuals but at the same time you know they probably uh they were yeah they were still really happy to be part of the process and that's what i heard from them every time was that oh the the creative side of it and that the process of building those masks and telling those stories behind their masks mm-hmm. and why they chose that particular face and 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 the costume and they were part of the planning of the photos and everything and that you know they talked about all every one of them talked about how creativity and art was a part of their childhood or their youth <clears throat> and due to some various circumstances um it 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 was no longer a place in their life and they really enjoyed bringing that back and it kind of re- reignited yeah. that little bit of passion that they had and it was really touching to see them talk about that how how much they loved that part of it so when you talk about mental health and like you say people doing art and using their creativity and exploring that side of themselves I think it has a huge benefit for all of us. Yeah, you make a good point. I think it's always in someone's youth. We start off yeah. singing, we start yeah. off drawing, we start off all those yeah. things until someone says, "Well, you need to, you need to get a career, you need to get a job." Yeah, drummed out of you. And, you know, for many people, it's easy. For other people, it's a, it's a loss. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we covered a lot. I hope so. Thank you. No, this thank fun. you. That was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that. We'll I do see. it again. You'll come back. Oh, really? We'll talk about something else. Something else. Give me another topic. <laughs> another topic. Thanks to Joe for keeping us on straight. Yeah, now. Joe. Thanks, man. I'm giving him the thumbs up if anyone's still listening. Because <laughs> there's an imaginary audience yeah, listening right now. Yeah, of course. Now. Yeah. My mom's G's going to go right to the end. <laughs> I know that. All right. Uh, we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop it, you can't stop it.